Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. I'm Chris Lynch, and this is the Cape League Roundup Podcast, and I have one simple question. It is the title of the episode this morning. Is somebody going to win around here? (laughs) Now, normally you ask that around a losing uh, situation. Normally you ask that around a uh, collection of people who are just losing a lot of baseball games, but there's not been a lot of losing Uh, baseball games going on in the Cape Cod Baseball League over the last couple of days. Of course, the day prior, there was just one game. There was was only one game played, and it was a tie. And here is an absolutely crazy note. There were three out of the five games that were played yesterday that ended in draws. And per the Cape League statistician, we have already surpassed the uh, number of ties in the Cape Cod Baseball League that were held last year. Last year was a record with 17. Today, as of the uh, games yesterday, each team has combined, and I'll list off the uh, total number here. YD has three. Brewster has four. Orleans, Harwich, and Chatham have three each. That brings you to 16 just in the east. Then in the West, four for Ketuit, five for Hyannis, three for Wareham, two for Falmouth, and the big one here, six for Bourne. And Bourne and Brewster have tied three consecutive games. So among just the Western teams, that's 20 ties. That's just among the West themselves, they've already cleared the margin of the entire league last summer. And combine that with a, another bonkers number from back East, where again, you're looking at 16 ties uh, among the Eastern Division teams. You're looking at a total of 36 games are ending in draws. Uh, this is just kind of ludicrous how often games are ending in draws so far throughout the course of this season. And, well, let's look at these individual games that were played today, and maybe we can figure out what ended up happening. So two of the games that ended in draws were 1-1 ties. And let's start with the Katuit brewster game, which I announced I was there for the whole thing, and it was... This was a strange game, man. The Brewster Whitecaps got one hit. They did not score their run as a result of that one hit. The lone run for the Whitecaps came in in the bottom half of the third inning uh, as a result of some manufactured uh, happenings in which Carson Demartini got on with a one-out walk, stole a base, moved up on a ground ball, and came home and scored on a wild pitch by Ketuit's starter, Dalton Rogers, who was pretty all right. Through the first four innings of the game, he struck out seven, he walked two, gave up one run, gave up no hits. They did not give up a run until Gig, the, uh, excuse me, Gig, the um, closer from Boston College, came on, walked one guy, gave up one hit, which was a Davis Diaz, 
and a bloop single to right. Katuit in this game got seven hits and had every right and opportunity to blow the Whitecaps off the field and couldn't do it. They got one run off the Whitecaps starter from Notre Dame, Liam Simon, who threw the first five innings with four hits, given up a run, a walk, and two Ks. That's um, that's, a, that's a pretty good outing. Then um, three following pitchers came on afterwards. Uh, Heston Toll, the uh, guy from Arkansas, made his Cape League debut. Braxton Pearson threw the next inning and a third. And they gave it to Ryan Yer from Oklahoma State, who threw the final inning in two-thirds with no hits given up and two strikeouts. It was very, very good. And this was... This was a game that came right on down. By the way, Katuit got their run home in the second inning with some... Now, consider this for for crazy. Offense, uh, Brooks Baldwin got a triple and came home and scored on a Justin Mickness single. Mickness, the catcher from Kent State. And Brooks Baldwin continues to, in a league that has been defined, defined by, you know, pitching and more pitching and more pitching... He has been a breath of offensive fresh air in the way that he has attacked it. He's leading the Cape League in batting average at 353. He's got 30 total hits, four doubles, two triples, a home run, and 14 runs batted in. He's second in the Cape League in runs batted in, just behind Hogan Windish of uh, Wareham. He has been a remarkably consistent offensive performer from uh, North Carolina Wilmington. He's done a great job. He had two hits in this game yesterday. He had a double and a triple. He scored a run, the only run that Katua got across the whole day. Uh, the rest of the offense, for the most part, was held in check. Interestingly, the bottom of the lineup, Mickness, Park, Karos, and Schreier, all got one hit each. So it's it's interesting the amount of, like, they did get chances laid on in this game. They got runners on board. And somehow, Brewster almost scored. They really did in the ninth inning. Uh, they got their lone hit of the game. Davis Diaz with a single. Sub, uh, sub in a pinch runner for him, Dixon Black, who's out on the force out for Trevor Warner, who's safe at first. He moves up on a stolen base, then moves up on a ground ball out, then tries coming home on a wild pitch, nearly scores, and is tagged out for the game to end in a 1-1 tie. The Whitecaps have tied their last three games consecutively. They're 5-1-4 and four in their last 10 games. They went the longest of any team. Them and Harwich went the longest without getting a tie. And by the way, they fall three points behind YD, who was one of the few teams who actually decided to not draw yesterday. We'll get to them in a moment. Um, so... Okay, so in the Katuit Whitecap game, very little offense, and that theme continued over into the Bourne and Hyannis game, which also ended in a 1-1 draw, with both teams getting their runs in the second inning. Here is how those runs came home in the second inning. For Bourne, Chris Brito with an RBI single, moves up on a single by Evan Slight. Uh, hit by pitch ball for Wyatt Hensler, moves everybody up a little bit. And then... Uh, with the bases loaded, John Peck grounded into a double play, which killed the offensive momentum and did ended up bringing home Brito to score the lone born run. Hyannis, in the bottom half of the of that same inning, Nolan Shanuel came up with the uh, run-scoring effort. He led off the inning by singling, moved up on an error by the first baseman, then 
stayed where he did, and then came home on a fielder's choice. His run was unearned. Bourne ended up committing two errors in this game. But other than that, the rest of the pitching in this game was really, really good. Both starters went five innings. Jackson Bomeister from Florida State threw the first five for Hyannis, struck out seven, gave up four hits with one run, and Adam Tullock went the first five innings for Bourne. He struck out five across five innings, gave up four hits, did walk four, but he pitched his way out of jams, and the Braves gave the last four innings to Nelson Berkwich from Vanderbilt. He threw the final four innings, was really good, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts, and nobody else on the Hyannis side of things gave up anything. In fact, the guy who threw the last two innings, Jordy Allard from Northeastern, two innings, a strikeout, no hits, no walks, no anything. So I think the simple fact is that the pitching has been so fully and completely dominant, and that that a little bit holds up when you look at the third tie, Harwich and Shadham. It ended up being a 4-4 draw over at Veterans Field. Big crowd over there as well. And this game was different than the others because they didn't score their runs in a similar fashion or similar timing. Chatham got all four of their runs early. Then by early, I mean all four of them came home in the first inning. And this one wasn't really on account of, you know, great pitching, to be a little bit frank. Guy Garibay Jr. led off the offense with a home run in the bottom half of the first inning. Then Caden Grice, uh, excuse me, Cooper Ingle came home and scored on a wild pitch, and which right after the wild pitch, they moved some people around defensively to counter that because defense wasn't really working either. The pitching wasn't really working. And then Rock Riggio had an RBI triple that brought home Caden Grice and Lyle Miller-Green to make it a 4-0 game, and it really looked like they might be getting some offense. And they never scored another run for the rest of the game. Carlson Reed from West Virginia had one terrible inning in which he gave up four earned runs, threw a wild pitch, struck out. He did strike out 10, so he did work his way back into something respectable. Chatham, as a team, struck out 16 times. Uh, their bats have just not been working for them, except for you know the few points when it did in the first inning with the Garibay homer and the Riggio triple. Harwich didn't get a run until the fourth inning when they got a single run across the plate. Brock Wilkin, from the last year's league MVP, came up with a big old home run to make it a uh, 4-1 game. The rest of the pitching staff was pretty, pretty good. They gave themselves an opportunity after Reed settled down after that first inning. Gage Zeal from Miami through the next three and two-thirds. He struck out five, and they gave it the ball to Blake Purnell in the ninth inning. He gave up a hit and struck out a guy, and that was that. So um, on the other side, the pitching for Chatham held up right up until the ninth inning when stuff went sideways. Here is how the top half of the ninth inning went. Tatum Levins leads off with a walk, pinch hitter, strikeout, that stuff. Press Kavanaugh, hit by pitch ball, that stuff. Then they swap out pitchers. Carlos Ray's day is done. He would be tagged for both guys that he faced in that inning who got on, ended up coming around and scoring from Nova Southeastern. So that's pretty tough. Um, next guy, single to load the bases. 
next guy, wild pitch, next guy, wild pitch, next guy, single to score the run. So on the same at-bat, two wild pitches brought home runs and a single brought home another run to tie the game. That's terrible pitching. That's very inconsistent pitching. So the ties don't all look the same. So uh, that's a really bad way to end a game. There were no errors committed in this game, but the uh, the wild pitching in this one was uh, was really not good. Two of them in the ninth, and two uh, for Harwich as well throughout the course of that game as well. That was not a very good performance in uh, in that regard. Of course, you can't dole out wins and losses in this one because there were no wins and there were no losses. Brian Halliday, Holiday had the toughest time of it. He didn't get anybody out. He gave up two hits. He gave up a run and a walk. So... I guess he had the weakest of the performances, but like, well, I'm kind of annoyed with talking about ties, so let's talk about a game in which somebody won, and it's another really tight pitching game in which Orleans got shut out, one nothing by the Wareham Gatemen. The lone run for the Gatemen came home in the bottom half of the eighth inning when everyone was thinking we would have a scoreless tie, and here is how they manufactured it. Blake Wright, leadoff single. Pop out on the next guy. Single to center for Derek Fabian. Ryan Campos with a single to bring home right. And they couldn't get anyone else across, but that was enough. They get the win. The loss goes to Wyatt Longcar from the Ohio State University Buckeyes. And he gave up three hits in that inning, gave up the lone run, walked one, he struck out two. The win and save situation on the other side is weird because you couldn't have given the win to anyone before pitching the eighth inning. So the win goes to Nicholas Maza from Southern Mississippi. He only went two and a third inning. Uh, excuse me, he went two-thirds of an inning. He struck out the only two uh, batters that he faced. So that part was pretty good. He was pretty effective. And the save ends up going to Cameron Weston from Michigan. He throws the final inning of the game, gives up... Uh, nothing. He walks no one. He gives up no hits. He strikes out one guy. So, you know, the pitching in this game was really pretty good. The uh, starter in this one, Jacob Cravey from Samford, is great. Throws five innings with two hits, no runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. And the starter for Orleans was also very good. Bryce Warricker went four and two-thirds. He gave up three hits. He walked no one. He struck out five. It's been I keep reciting these pitching numbers because it's the most impressive thing about this league is that the pitching has been so consistently excellent with a few blips in the middle there. And then we get to one other game in which A, both teams scored, and B, somebody won. Oh my God, a miracle, a normal baseball game. (laughs) And actually, I'm still talking about pitching because YD really let their starter, Eric Yost from Northeastern, they let him throw. He went six and two thirds for four out for excuse me four hits, walked two, struck out two, gave up just one run. It was an unearned run. He got his first win of the summer. It's his best outing by a fair bit, and he looked pretty good. The save ends up going to Luke Jewett from UCLA. He throws the final inning and a third with two strikeouts in the middle of that. He faces four guys. He gets all four of them out. The loss goes to Falmouth's starter. Uh, Joshua Robert from Southern New Hampshire, but he didn't pitch badly. Four innings, two hits, one run, 
it was earned one walk and seven strikeouts. That's a D2 guy coming on and making his Cape League debut. That's not bad performance. The problem, of course, from the other side is that Caleb Corbett from Louisville had probably, had not probably, had his weakest outing. He only went an inning in the third. He gave up four hits, two runs, only one of them earned. Falmouth's defense did commit three errors in this game, so that's pretty tough. Uh, here's the way that the scoring actually broke down. Cole Carrick had an RBI double in the top half of the fourth that brought home Chase Meredith, which made it a 1-0 game, and YD got two more to blow the game open in the top half of the sixth inning. An error by Falmouth's shortstop allows a run to come home in the form of Caden Connor, and the very next batter, Cole Carrick, with an RBI base hit to bring home Chase Meredith. The Meredith run ends up being the unearned run off of Corbett. And Falmouth, given credit, they made a fight out of it in the um, last couple of innings. YD also committed an error in this game, error by their catcher, Gonzalez, who uh, boots one and allows a run to come home in the person of Andrew Pinckney. The next inning, Falmouth gets one more run as well. This one, a stolen base and then a ground out by Alex Mooney to bring home, excuse me, a ground out by Peyton Stowell to bring home Alex Mooney. So they made it a one-run game. They didn't get anybody on base um, through the course of the ninth inning, and they just rallied a little bit too little, a little bit too late to try and get anything else home. YD gets the win. They actually gain a point on Brewster because the Whitecaps couldn't win. They could only tie. And so it's now three points separating YD from Brewster in the East, 27 points to 24. But Brewster does gain a point on Orleans, who uh, moves to 21 points with their loss at 9, 10, and 3. Brewster and YD are now the only two teams above 500 in the East. Um, so that's how the games work themselves out. A strange day, a lot of pitching. Great pitching, it really was. And there's a lot of not winning going on, a lot of not losing either, but also a lot of, you know, not winning. So I don't know exactly if the pitching, if the pitchers themselves are just better or what exactly is going on in this league right now. It's really strange, but that's how it works itself out. And, you know, I kind of want to see some people actually win some stuff and We've got five more opportunities today for somebody to win some stuff. Uh, early game is at 5 p.m. between Bourne and Katuit. The It's at Katuit, of course. Will Sandy from North Carolina is the probable for the Bravos. He is 0-1 on the summer. He's only made he's made two appearances. This will be his first start, and he looked kind of rough in both of them. Gave up five runs, three of them earned against Hyannis in a 5-1 loss, gave up three runs and two and two-thirds against Falmouth, so that's a better team that he's facing in Katuit, so they're going to have to ask him to have some better stuff. Christian Little, who's transferring from Vanderbilt to LSU, it will be going on the opposite side of things, and he's been, mm, he's got an ERA of 10-50, so it could be that we get some more offense, could be that Little figures himself out after he had a rough outing his last time, went two innings, gave up four runs with three hits, one walk and no strikeouts, so we wonder how he'll be able to settle himself. Over at McKeon, the Wareham Gateman will be going against the Highness Harbor Hawks. No probables listed for either side, so we'll just move on. 6.30, we've got two games uh, shoving off at that time. The Falmouth Commodores will be 
going to Orleans. Drew Somers is the probable for Falmouth from Arizona. He's been magnificent. Uh, he had his first start against Bourne, a game that the team ended up losing, but it certainly wasn't his fault. Five innings, a hit, and nine strikeouts with no walks was his performance. Uh, they're going to hope for more of that against the Firebirds. Ben Shields will be going for the uh, Firebirds. He's 1-0. and He started two games. He uh, started the game at Brewster for his last outing. Only went three and two-thirds, gave up three runs, two hits, walked three, struck out two. So one of his weaker outings, but the team gave him some offensive life, and he was able to get out of it. So, And he's been pretty good for the most part. He just had the one kind of tough outing. YD will be making a trip over to Harwich. They'll send Drew Dowd to the mound. The Stanford pitcher will be making his Cape League debut. He'll face Eric Razelman from LSU. Made one appearance so far, and it was... Eh. The team lost 2-0 to Hyannis. He went four and two-thirds, gave up two runs. Only one of them earned. Walked three, struck out one. So, yeah, it was okay. Uh, and then we wrap up the last game to shove off. will be 7 p.m. between Chatham and Brewster. The Anglers will send Cam Brown to the bump from TCU. He's made one appearance. This will be, and it was a relief appearance. This will be his first start. Through two and two-thirds in a game that the team ended up losing, 3-2 to Bourne. Gave up three hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. He wasn't the biggest reason they lost. The offense just couldn't really get it going. And then the other side, the Whitecaps will send Brian Fitzpatrick to the mound, who has been fantastic so far. 14 innings, 13 strikeouts, two walks. He has yet to give up a run across those 14 innings. He won his last outing against Chatham. And actually, all three times that Fitzpatrick has taken the mound for the Whitecaps, the Whitecaps have ended up winning that game. Interestingly, Brewster has tied their last three games straight. Bourne has tied their last three games straight. And Hyannis has tied their last two straight. So everyone in the league is just hoping, man, I hope we win a game. Not even that I hope we don't lose. I hope we, you know, actually get a result because I want to win something. Oh my goodness. That's going to do it for this episode of the Cape League Roundup Podcast. I'm Chris Lynch. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. We hope you get out and enjoy some glorious...